Great morning. What's going on, everybody? My name is Marie Cochran. I'm John Carkin, guys. And you are tuned in to the Shut the Fear Up podcast. Hey. You are in the right place if you believe it is your right and your responsibility to shut the fear up and live your dream. That's it. That's if it. If you are looking to reach your family goals, your business goals, yes. your wealth goals, yes. and be surrounded by like-minded people while doing it, yes. you're home, my friend. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Our monthly podcast will release the second Wednesday of every month, and John and I are your resident hosts. Welcome, guys. We will be exploring behind-the-scenes content. We have to share our incredible network with you so you can expect the millionaire lineup. Look at here. Look at here now. Listen, this series was an incredible series that we've done on other platforms. And it was a hit, so we've got to bring it to you. And, of course, making introductions to our circle of inspiring planet shakers. Mm. Our mission is to be your daily punch, giving you the positive highlights you need from our favorite authors and personal reflections to inspire you to shut the fear up and live your dreams. We believe that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And because of that, every dream, every vision, every idea that you have burning up inside of you is yours to achieve. Amen. What's going on, everybody? My name is Reverend Dr. Marie Cochran. Dang, the full name. Yes. Reverend with yes. it. That's right. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm uh, Realtor John Cochran. That's serving right. Serving all Northeast Florida. And we are the host for the Shut the Fear Up That's podcast. That's it. That's it. We are so excited that you have made it your business to join us in listening to the platform and the content that we put out. It's all about empowering you on the way Absolutely. to living your dream. On the way, because you made a decision to shut the fear up. Everything that could hold you back right. from pursuing your dreams and your goals, you made a decision to shut the fear up and do it anyway. And we want to be a part of the support Absolutely. team, the, the environment, the resources that you need in order to make that happen. So let me ask you, how can people reach out to you and give you feedback, telling you how, your, uh, how the Shut the Fear Up podcast is impacting their lives? Please reach out to us on Instagram at Shut the Fear Up. You can okay. reach out to us on Facebook at Shut the Fear Up. We have a page there, and of course, our private pages as well. Yeah. Marie Cochran, John Cochran. Um, we would love to hear from you. Okay. We would love to hear from you um, because this is what it's all about for us. And the stories that we have coming in already are absolutely amazing. It is. We were able to meet up with one of our buyers from our first buyer when we started our real estate group. Yeah. Um, who is now doing an Airbnb. Killing it, bro. She showed us her calendar for Airbnb, and it's already full. Already booked out it, at least oh, two months. Like, wow. And she has easy? bookings out until next year. Already. So, so think about that for a second. Like, when I saw that, I was like, man, what is it in our lives that we're holding out on, we're not doing? And it's just a matter of us taking action so that we can serve the people that are looking for us a year out from now. Right, right. Amazing, right? So what do you do? Take action. Okay. Absolutely. I'm thinking about starting Airbnb for our house as well. Oh, too. absolutely. Yes. I'm still with the contract is supposed to come sometime this weekend. Nice. To come and look at the project and see okay. what we can do so we can Airbnb in that stream of income. That's right. Absolutely. All right. So now we're diving a little bit deeper into chapter two. Of the compound effect and really just highlighting it, sharing the top things that we, that made us go, hmm, in this book. 
so that you can be empowered as well as you go out and read the book yourself. This is a super easy read. Let's say that first. Yeah. I like it because it mixes a little bit of like research where there's graphs in the book, but everything is in layman's terms. It's not something that goes over your head. It's really like, duh, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. when you read it, but it's necessary for us to, to read again. And, and then chapter two is all about choices. And a mm. great point it, it said in the book, was it said our choices can be our best friend or our worst enemy. They can deliver us to our goals or send us into orbiting into a galaxy far, far away. Yes, yes. He mentioned something about taking 100% responsibility mm -hmm. as well and how important that is. And I'm going to give a quick quiz out to our audience. I know you know the answer already, but we're going to give you pause to see how you answer it and if you get it right. So he said in relationships, you know, we always talk about relationships. We're a married couple for 17 15 years, years. 15 years. 17 years together. Right. 15 years married. So we always talk about what is the split when it comes to the oh, value that you yeah. add in relationships. Is it a 50-50 split? How do you divide it? 51-49. Right. Is it 80-20? Yeah. Right. Who carries the heavier portion of the split? Or how do you split it in different relationships? So you could think maybe, hey, if the person is working from home or if the if the wife is stay at home, does she carry a heavier burden or does the husband carry a heavier burden? Maybe you split it in different ways depending on what the topic is right. within your relationship. But what do you think the split is? Is it 100%? Is it 50%? Is it 80-20-40-60? I'm going to give you a second to answer that. Say your answer out loud. John, what was the answer? 100%. A hundred to zero. Yeah. Not leaving any of it by chance. Yeah, it said, if I always took 100% responsibility for everything I experienced, completely owning all my choices and all the ways I responded to whatever happened to me, I held the power. Mm. Remember you said that about yep. that? Absolutely. A relationship, a relationship left to chance will always be vulnerable to disaster. So he's basically saying that don't ever leave it. Whatever piece that you think you want to leave to your partner, take it on yourself because then you're not leaving it to something outside of your control. Right. Take a hundred percent responsibility for what it is that, that you can control. When you take full responsibility yourself, you hold unlimited power to control your future. But you, you say that kind of stuff all the time, though, about taking 100% responsibility. Yes, this is who I got it from. Oh, really? This is who I got it from. It just really resonated with me because, and, and in, the, in the book, you hear that in his discipline and what he does. If it's not within his control, he's not messing with it. Just like with CNN or... Sorry, whatever the news channel is you listen to, right? Like, he doesn't get into that because he's like, that has very little to do with what he has to do to be successful. Right. So basically, you're saying, if it's somebody else's fault, yet you take responsibility of it? That's right. Take responsibility. And I do that a lot with my children. So a lot of times they'll say, you know, they'll bring something. I'm like, you know what? That's my fault, right? Even though it's their fault. Yep. I say, you know what? It's my fault. And I take whatever it is I could have done. I.E. turning off the internet. You see what I'm saying? I.E. put changing passwords on devices that I don't want them to be on, that I need that I know they're showing me that they need higher levels of accountability for. Yeah. That's all it is. So cause that's what's within my control. Cause otherwise I will go crazy. Like we know that there are parents out there that are driving themselves 
crazy when it comes to these, these their children because they're not taking responsibility. Instead, they're just nagging and talking up a storm, giving themselves aneurysms, right? <laughs> because not aneurysms, you know, or causing one because they're just talking, talking, trying to. You need to do this. Mm, you know what? What can I do? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you didn't own a phone. We wouldn't be here. Right. So maybe it goes down to that That's granular level. Exactly. That's my fault for equipping you with that. You don't That's have it. a job. You don't. You see what I'm saying? And even if you have a job, then we're going to reroute your responsibilities if that's the case. Or you get rid of the job if you're still in school. Because that's your priority, right. right? Like, whatever it is you can control in the situation, let's focus on taking control of that yeah. so that we can move forward intentionally. Now, here's the part he talks about in the book. Page 30 for reference that everybody needs to lean into. If you've ever blamed traffic for being late, mm. if you decided you were in a bad mood because of something your kid or your spouse or your coworker did, you're not taking 100% personal, uh, personal responsibility. And that was huge for me because sometimes we do tend to blame something else instead of saying, you know what, that's on me. Nothing else, no no comma afterwards. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll say I didn't account for traffic, right. but I'm not going to blame traffic. Oh, something happened on the road. That's why I'm late. No, I'm late. Cause I could have left 20 minutes early for sure and been there. So, and when you do, when you put yourself at that le standard of accountability and responsibility, mm -hmm. it just changes how you move. It changes the expectation even on your own life because you never, even for the smallest thing, you never blame anybody. You never blame anyone else except for you. But it's, it's, it seems as if you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself by taking all responsibility of whatever's going on in the world. But you're the only one who can control it, though, if you do that. Like, for example, if you knock down my water bottle now and I say, you know what, I should maybe I should have put it somewhere else. I could have not put it on the table at all. I can't control you. I can't account for who else. But if I really don't want this water bottle to be knocked down, I need to figure out where else to put it. You right. know what? Let me just move where it is. It allows me to stay focused on me and what I can do instead of being caught up in other people. Yeah. That's what, that's, that's so that's many good, issues. That's a good point. That people are dealing with in marriage, in parenting, in their business. Oh, nobody support me. Or maybe you need to improve your marketing. Maybe you need to keep looking for better partners. Do you say unprove your... Improve oh, your improve. marketing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So if you, instead of saying people don't support me, oh, Jacksonville is this. So what do you have to say about all the businesses that are thriving in Jacksonville? For sure. Right? Like yeah. if, I, if I make the decision to leave Jacksonville, okay, I'll make that decision to leave Jacksonville. Don't blame the city though. Don't blame it because now you're putting your power in someone or something else's hands that yeah. is not within your control. That's a good point. And then you're locked down. Right. Right. Then you're handicapped. Right. Yep. And that the idea of this book is doing the little se seemingly insignificant things that will help push you towards your goal. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Great so stuff. the complete formula for getting lucky. Are y'all ready for it? Go ahead. Everyone who wants to get lucky out here. Here's the here's the formula for it. Preparation. Mm hmm. Plus your attitude, mm -hmm. plus an opportunity, okay. plus action wow. equals your luck. That's a lot of stuff. Prepare. A lot of times we're waiting for the opportunity to come first right. before we get ready. But we're telling you get ready so that when the opportunity comes, you're, you're, ready. you're already done. That's it. Right? And that's what we're doing in this podcast. That's what we're doing in our lives. Even with the way that we save, right? Right now we're, nowhere, we're in the middle of a you pandemic. Mean, you mean investing? I'm sorry, what did I say? Saving. 
Say yes. So investing when it comes to everything that's going on in our world right now, right. we're positioning ourselves. Imagine if we didn't have this mindset. Imagine if we were already. I couldn't learning. imagine how we were back in the day. Right. As far as preparing. Lost. And what I was Straight telling John the, the other day, we were talking about it in the car. What's going to happen? Because even with all the adjustments that we have to make because of the situations that we're in in the present world with the gas prices going up, Food. Russia and Ukraine got, you know, that situation going over there, yeah. things getting cut off, the food shortages and everything. What what are people doing? How come everyone is still at the mall? How come people can still afford to I don't travel? I don't understand it. Like what I'm missing in life to where I can't do it. Right. And I think at the end of the day we said maybe credit cards. People using credit. Right. If you're using credit, what's going to and what's going to happen is you're going to be longer, you're gonna be in those in that position of being in debt longer because you have to recover from what's going on right now. Yeah. Right? Because the payments first, like your wages aren't necessarily getting any higher. Nope. Everything is more expensive. For so sure. now it's going to be harder to pay things off. Right. So we're going to find more people have poor financial situations yeah. if they're not being smart about it. Cause that's what we, I, I can't take my children to Chick-fil-A anymore. Bro. If ten, I'm not spending $10 a $10 combo, for a meal, man. You know what I'm saying? You have to make sure they're already halfway full from the house. Straight up. So that you can still hunger combo. afterwards. <laughs> So you can split a combo with each because you just can't. But that's why I go to Zaxby's. And it's still $10 a combo, Yeah, though. but I feel as if I'm getting more food than going to Chick-fil-A. That's just me, though. <laughs> well, you need to call Zaxby's so they can be your sponsor because the I way that you franchise. promote them. <laughs> All right, so how do you make the right choices? When you're in that posture of, okay, I'm trying to be better, how do you figure out how to make the right choices on the way to really making the compound effect work for you? What would you say your answer is? I would just say, keep it the main thing, the main thing is for what I want to achieve in life. Yes. Right? Yes. In the book, he talks about tracking your behavior. Pick the habit that you need the most, that has the most control over you and identify where are you now, right now. Picture where you want to be when it comes to that habit and be aware of your bad choices, then track your choices. Right? So for example, I talked a little bit about this run challenge that I was in, right? So if I'm looking at that, the first thing is that app made it that I tracked my behavior. I can right. go through and see every day that I didn't run, yeah. <laughs> every day that I was inconsistent about the times that I ran. So that's what made it that I was looking back and I said, man, Marie, you falling off right in the middle. Cause I knew that I could do whatever it takes to finish, but falling off in the middle is the habit that I was tracking that I need that has the most control over me. My habit of starting something strong, falling off, and then picking back up the last third, the last quarter, and then doing whatever I have so I can still get that win. Which is, it serves me. Yeah. However, it's not as efficient as the way of being consistent all the way through. So now with your um, two mile a day mark, mm -hmm. how long are you trying to be consistent with that? So I joined another challenge because another thing in tracking that I found out, I do very well when I'm competing with other people. Friendly mm. competition, which he, which he talks about in this book. Yeah. He talks about how that's um, really good to have in chapter three um, about having a camaraderie, right? Having people around you that are competing with you that are your accountability partners. So people that I believe like and trust, that was my brother who invited me to the first group. Mm -hmm. I got invited to another group. So, so they're pushing. 100 miles too? 
It was 250 miles. Jesus. Right. So, and my thing is, instead of before, even when you started the challenge, Bernard did it, who was one of the gentlemen who joined the first one, what, in like 24 yeah. hours, 36 hours? Some some insane. That he I, did 100 miles in like 36 hours yeah. and knocked it out. It demoralized me when he did that. Right. I was winning the beginning. Right, right. And, and in this book, they do mention the importance of sometimes just you can ease up or you can jump in hard, right? Like you have to know your personality style. Right. And and John, he was going for hard as well and, and was pushing to get all of them done. I think I was doing something special. <laughs> nah, I wasn't. <laughs> and it's funny because you talked about how you were trying to get into everyone else's head and then you found you met your match. Right. And he got into right, your right. head and you just completely aborted mission. I ran to an expert at it, you know? <laughs> but... I like where it says, since your outcomes are a result of your moment-to-moment -moment choices, you have an incredible power to change your life by changing your changing those choices. Step by step, day by day, your choices will shape your actions until they become habits, where practice make them permanent. Mm. That was a great point in as far as uh, what choices you make in life. Losing is a habit, so is winning. I wrote that down from the book. That was mm. like my quote that I took away. That's a good one too. Losing is a habit and so is winning. So the in your life, yours. exactly, in your life, wherever you're losing right now, because that's what we're digging into. Where are you losing? You feel like you're losing. Know that it's a habit. There's certain things that you are doing. If you're taking 100% control or responsibility, there's certain things that you're doing that serve you or are hindering you in the process to achieving your goal. One other thing I wanted to mention as we move forward is in the book, they mentioned a story, they, Darren made, mentioned a story about his assistant oh, yeah. that was working for him for $45,000. $40,000. And she was talking about how, man, with this, with this income that you're giving me, yeah. I can't save. I'm here listening to your financial advice and everything, but I can't do anything with this salary. And she was like, I want to raise. Yeah. And he said, I'll do one better. Right. I'll teach you how to become wealthy. That's crazy. That bro. reminded me of the other book, thinking um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. Because when Robert Kiyosaki asked for a raise, he, he didn't said give it to him he didn't give it to him either. He said, actually, I'm going to take more from you. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to teach you how to be wealthy. And it's the pain. You, what I'm learning time and time again is when you get to the point of feeling like, I deserve a raise. I deserve more. This is when you should be waking up. Yeah. Not to go in and asking for more money. Do a self-check. Do a self-check. Do a gut check. And and get creative. Expand right. your mind. Right, right. Because we channel it into this one solution. But he's like, no, I'm going to show you how to become wealthy. He started by just cutting down and making it, making sure she was able to save a very small amount. Yeah. $67 the first month. Yeah. I think it was something like that. Something like that. And then a little bit more. And it got to the point where two year, within two years, she had left Darren, mm -hmm. started her own consulting firm, mm -hmm. and making a quarter million and, had a, and was already a millionaire because of her assets. Right. Come on. Somebody. I think uh, what hit me was when she started cutting off some yes. payments that she really didn't need anymore. And here's what he said. Can I tell you the line? Because I wrote it down here. That's exactly what I went to. She said, we canceled her subscription to People Magazine. It was time to study her own life. Mm. 
How many of us are out here studying everybody else and their mama's life instead of scrutinizing and looking at your own life, how you can save money, where you can cut things back instead of buying Starbucks, getting the ingredients and making Starbucks yourself. Yeah, she did too. Exactly. But, you know, it's easier to, I guess, judge, nitpick, and uh, evaluate someone else's life versus your own. Because, I mean, it's easy for me to say, oh, you need to do this and that than me doing it myself. But yet we all know we should do it for ourselves first. Right. But, and that's the thing about it. We're not trying to size thing up between what's easy or what's not. It just has to be done. You see what I'm saying? Like we're, and that's the mindset where we're like, well, that's easy to do or that's easy for you to say. I'm not looking for easy though. Right? Like if we get out the mindset of looking for the easy thing, mm-hmm. then we'll be able to focus on whatever needs to be done. For sure. Right? Like, okay, yes, it may be easy for Darren to look at someone else's life, but he holds it because he takes 100% responsibility every day he's looking at his own life. Yeah. Right? And we have to love doing the hard thing and not even weigh it. The scale of easy or hard is not even in our room. It's not even in our thought process because we just know what, it, what needs to be done and what, what is the path to doing it. That's right. all I'm focusing on. Right? No, it's good. Okay, so think your way out of the instant gratification trap. Quiet your monkey mind of wanting to see quick results. It's time to wake up and realize that the habits you indulge in could be compounding your life into repeated disaster. You know how some people are like, man, think bad things keep happening to me. Yeah. You know, he said in the book, he said, don't you, don't you notice how even rich people seem like they just keep getting richer or lucky people keep getting lucky? Yeah. It's the same compound effect Yeah. because of their systems and their habits. There's something that they're doing that's causing this thing to repeat. So you have a choice in that moment to decide, is it just, man, one bad thing after another? Are you going to scrutinize your life and say, man, what do I need to change? Hold up. Let's assess here. Let's track and write everything down. It's so simple, but how many people are actually going to do it? Very few. And I have to give a shout out to Kalika because I said this one time Mm. about the crypto class. We were doing a crypto class and she mentioned... um, she mentioned how I told her that I broke down the stats and said, out of all the people in here, there's going to be only one person, based on statistics, that's going to take action. Right. And we're in this book, he's telling us the simple things to do. Because, you know, me, I want a grandiose, you know, explosion of things. He's saying to write down every day what I'm doing in the area that I want to change. Mm-hmm. So food, for example, if I'm trying to change my habits, I need to write a first step. Write down everything you eat. Right. So then you can be more mindful and say, do I really want to write down, yep. you know, this bag of Cheetos? That can be said as, as well as for what you spend each month. Exactly. And you that know? was another example as well. Write down what you spend so that you can be aware because most of us are walking around here mindless. Yeah, yeah. Just mindlessly going around doing whatever it is that we're doing, that we're trying to do. Right. But if you write down what you've got to eat or what you're about to spend before you spend it, you'll hesitate and not want to eat it or spin it because of the fact you got to do it. Yes, yes, yes. Massive immediate action. That's right. Take massive immediate action right now. I double dare you. Take massive, this small little nuance of a thing and start tracking it. You know, one thing I started to do because I get all these ideas all the time in my mind that come up of things that I need to do. It's not pretty, 
But I go on my reminders in the iPhone, the amazing iPhone. Boo. Right? And I go on my reminders and I just put down things that I need to do. That's a lot of notes, bro. You see them? You see all of, of that? That's a lot of notes. That's my mind. Jesus. <laughs> things are always going off in my mind, right? And so what I'll do is I'll go back to it because we get off track, like tractor supply. We need to take I can take that off because we took the babies there, right? Edit video for Reggie. We got that done. So it just, I followed up with Cheryl. You see what I'm saying? I haven't gone yeah. back to go, but it helps me track what's going on in my mind instead of that do? fear of, oh my gosh, what else did I have to do, yeah. right? Like some people go out and they actually get diagnosed for ADHD and all these things, but how many of us are walking around with that thing? With these things, I just I just don't need a doctor to label me. No, that's <laughs> Nothing, right? No. I'm just gonna don't go ahead and me, apply, <laughs> right, and apply these things. But here's a really cool thing he pointed out. The best illustration he can give us is to emphasize the power of small adjustments. Is a plane traveling from Los Angeles to New York City? If the nose of the plane is pointed, that's good. Only one percent off course. Yeah. Almost an in, invisible adjustment when the plane's sitting on the tarmac in Los Angeles, it will ultimately end up 150 miles off course, arriving either upstate in Albany, in Albany, or in Delaware. Delaware. Yeah. And we know that when we're close to a chalkboard and you're trying to write the straightest, you're trying to draw the straightest line possible. And then you know you're going up or down. And <laughs> you step back because you think, oh yeah, I nailed it. Yeah, yeah. You step back and you realize that you are way off from a straight line. And that's why I used to hate writing on the board as well too. Really? Because I, I knew I wasn't going straight. <laughs> but no, that's a good point you made. And so what's the willpower? What is your, in this next part, he talks about. But it said forget the willpower. What's your why power? What's your why power? Yes, that was one of the quotes that I highlighted too. Yeah. So what is it for you? Because we're talking about taking massive immediate action and doing such boring, mundane, everyday little habits with no action going on. What's your why power that will drive you to do it anyway? I would say what, you know, my family. Like, what am I truly here to do in life? And that's for me is be impactful in my circle, my family, and try to leave a legacy for them to where they'll appreciate and want to continue on and build on from as well, too. It's all about, you know, having as much as possible, teaching them the principles of building wealth, uh, being impactful in the world, and, and them want to do it as well, too, when they get mm -hmm. older. So he talks about how love is a powerful motivating force, but so is hate, right? And in that... He says that um, we can also have a negative why power, right? And for me, it's, yeah, I know I can get to heaven and God's going to say, well done, but I'd hate to get to heaven and see all the things that I could have done that I didn't do. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to not just get a well done, but to see all of the things that God intended for me to do that I actually walked in. Right. Right? So whatever that is for you, you may have like like John's approach is love. What it is that your children, your family, right? But also hate could be a driving, it could be a very powerful motivating factor. Maybe something you hate. Even what's the, the injustice. You can hate injustice. You can hate disease. Yeah. Right? You can hate ignorance. You can hate complacency and allow those to also be what what that fight is inside of you to do what it is you're called to do. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's episode of The Compound Effect, please do us a favor and hit that follow button. Give us a five-star rate 
and leave us a review. It goes a long way to grow the, the channel. And lastly, shut, shut the, the fear, fear up. up.